This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. Um, I actually thought this would be this would be kind of fun because I feel like we uh, we make fun of like what Alan is dressed like a lot, but we never talk about how Elliot and I are dressed. So I thought it would, it, would oh. just, it would be just kind of nice to go around and tell the audience like what we're dressed as. So sure. I'll start with myself. I'm wearing um, gray jeans and like a hipster T-shirt. Uh, Elliot's wearing a sequin belly shirt. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's showing, I would say, uh, all of his midriff and uh, one nipple. It's a little cockeyed. It seems like he's had a, a bit of a rough day. Oh, good. He wrote all this stuff down. Because uh, you can't look. There, I mean, there are. He has. A, there are colored sequins on the shirt that are s- spell out the word discreet, uh, spelled with a Z. Yeah. Um, he also. Uh, he has, as per usual, he has his. Uh, a Dreamcatcher belly button ring. Um, <laughs> he's wearing a pair of cut-off jean shorts, cut very, very close. We can see the booty hole. Uh, I would actually argue that they're closer to jean underwear, and uh, one of his testicles is hanging out. He's also wearing an orange, orange handkerchief in the top right pocket of his shirt, which is to symbolize he is scat curious. Uh, and as always, Alan is draped in a sheet. I am. Um, I am. So, all right. So now that the audience understands what we look like, you my leopard print pants. That's right. You do have nice leopard print pants. Uh, we could talk about an article that came out in PinkNews.co.uk uh, that I actually remain very skeptical about. But it's an article about how. F- uh, some people have suggested that Fred Phelps, who was the famous uh, minister of the Westboro Baptist Your Church, number one, my my favorite. I always thought he was the funniest. Um, famous for the "God hates fags" mm-hmm. signs, mm-hmm. he apparently had this exchange, according to almost no one who was quoted in the article. <laughs> but this was all secondhand. But the article right. talks about how he had this exchange towards the end of his life, in which he told a group of counter protesters <laughs> which would have been gay people yeah cuz gay people counter protested often uh the Westboro Baptist Church he told them that they were quote good people <laughs> uh, it could have been the anti-war or the yeah the anti-war protesters though as well cuz towards the end of his life he often went to military funerals of straight people who died for fighting the fag country well he fred phelps Hated everything that was. This is and to explain to the audience, I did a solo show about Fred Phelps yeah. uh, uh, many years ago. I listened to probably fifty of his sermons, which were at the time on his website. Yeah, I, along with Alan, was also featured yeah. on his website once yeah. as someone that God hates. Uh, but Fred Phelps, I will say, uh, was very consistent in that he hated everything that represented this country. Yes. So uh, soldiers who protested, uh, uh, soldiers who died in the war in Iraq. 
uh, civil rights pioneers. What yeah. did he like? <clears throat> he nothing. Liked his be, family. Nothing because he liked his family. He and, liked which anyone was, which who rejected is the church, the the homosexual agenda, as he put it. Uh huh. Um. So, but that's that's why I was. I think this article is so ridiculous. Is because it to me it sounds like a a contrived story about a sort of a. a a, a dream of what someone would want him to say. Right. And the reason I don't believe this is possible is because I uh, don't like certain people sometimes, not because they're they're gay or they fought for this country, but just sometimes you just don't like someone. Mm-hmm. You have a falling out or whatever. Maybe you spend three years, five years hating this guy. Us. But then, uh, yeah, you guys, yeah. but then you change your mind, right? And you're like, you know what? I mean, we've, we've outgrown this feud. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, care about disliking this person anymore but i don't think i've ever gone up to one of those people that i've previously had a nasty exchange with or genuine contempt for and said you're a good person i just kind of very slowly changed my behavior yeah because that's it's i mean call it ridiculous call it shit uh too much pride i don't want to go up to someone and be like i was wrong you were right we're we're great you're a great person mm-hmm. that's why i don't believe he but would what do if this. i think if he did change nuts. his mind I think if he had changed his mind, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't tell someone. He wouldn't tell a gay person. You're you're good people. He would just stop going to protests. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I we don't know if the person he told was gay. There's, I mean, there is. They said he told there counter is, protesters. What? Uh, but they I can mean, be straight. Yeah. He had a lot of. I mean, a lot of people hated him. He was he was involved in a very massive Supreme Court case. He was hated by a lot of straight people, too. So there were a lot of... It wasn't just gay yeah, people yeah, protesting. Yeah, everyone hates Fred Phelps. He was for a long time a very... The counter-protesters... Normal? No. He was niche in that because he only went to gay funerals and he only protested gay shit, that straight people were like, well, yeah, that's weird, but we don't care. But then as soon as the church started protesting <laughs> military funerals, mm-hmm. that's when yeah. Republicans and Democrats and straight people started recognizing that this person is dangerous. And or at least wrong. Yeah. And that's when they started to care. So they could have been a straight person. He said it to um, if he ever said it. I don't think he said it. I actually think like part of it is that when someone dies, good or bad, when someone dies, we like to oddly humanize them. Yeah. We want to make them. And we have all these little like fun little factoids. You know what I mean? Like. Like, uh, I don't know why, I mean, I guess it's appropriate for Fred Phelps, but the person that comes to my mind right now is Hitler, when that, because we're so obsessed with sort of that crazy evil that people can be, we want to try to... We talk about how he loved his dogs or whatever. Yeah, or he was a vegetarian, or all these things to humanize the person, because I don't think we can fathom hating something that much. And that reminds me, because we do it to a much, much lesser degree than Hitler. Yeah. I've noticed liberals do that a lot with super conservative people. I've heard this for years. People, I've had friends say, Glenn, uh, Bill O'Reilly doesn't really believe what he says. Glenn Beck doesn't really believe what he says. Alex Jones doesn't really believe what he says. They're just, and culture. I've always heard that about Ann culture, because, you yeah. know, she famously goes to gay bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in Manhattan, and everyone's like, "Oh, she doesn't actually believe." There are conservative people out there who say shitty, mean things yeah. that genuinely believe it, and might still yeah. go to a gay bar or whatever. Well, because they do it. I mean, and this then goes back to a a really old political trick, and it's it's, I mean, it's not just an American thing; it's a world thing. But people saying shocking things gets attention. Yeah. And if your ultimate goal is to get attention for whatever you're doing, you say shocking things so that people are captured. Trump is 
notorious for this. <clears throat> you know, the, as of this recording, Mueller is scheduled to testify before Congress. There's a reason why Trump is going on doing rallies where people are saying, <laughs> send her back. Because we're all talking about his racist way of having encouraging people to say send her back and not potentially excited or knowing right. what's going on with Mueller and right. testifying Congress. It's 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 meant to distract and we shock to distract often, especially politicians, but evil people, too. And I think in some ways, like Fred Phelps, even though I do think he genuinely hated gay people. Sure. I, that seems I, like a safe bet. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do think that a lot of his crazy speech was meant to get attention I'd and was meant this, to get press. Of but where would this story come from? I mean, it, I know it's not, I know the, the pinknews.co.uk <laughs> isn't necessarily Pulitzer worthy, but where does a story like this generate? Um, I think people want, I think like Alan said, I think people want it to be true. We want ugh. we want the great devil who opposed. He was, dis he was opposed. despicable though. Yeah, of course he was despicable, but I mean, it's also like he was a, to me, he was a meaningless, I'm not, I'm, I obviously can't speak for people who were protested by him or more or less yeah those soldiers of the but families like, i mean but he was a he was so ridiculous i also i mean i always argued and i said this actually in my show that like i actually think crazy incendiary characters like fred phelps are good for a movement because they remind mm -hmm. normal people that there is more common ground than we think yeah. mm -hmm. there are countless examples of fred phelps going to really conservative tiny towns in the middle of oklahoma yeah. to protest a kid who was elected to the school board, uh, you know, as class president, and he was gay, oh. and and the whole town would rally around the kid because they hated Fred, course, Fred Phelps yeah. so much. Common yeah. enemy. To me, I think that's way less uh, dangerous than say, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, a guy like an insidious homophobe like Donald Trump, yeah, or Sarah Palin, or or you know, some many Republicans of past, yeah, you know, some Democrats. My favorite person who people who people um, like apologized for after he died was Chuck Berry, because <laughs> Chuck Berry died and people were like he was the father of rock and roll, and it's like yes, but remember he also got busted for opening a line of restaurants where he put. Cam cameras in women's toilets. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so you could see them pee and poop. Yeah, that was in St. Louis. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. There's, a, there's a great, in, in the loop in St. Louis, there's um, Blue, Blueberry, I forget the name they, of it now. They also found... Um, it's Chuck Berry's place. He would play there even a lot. Yeah. And he, I think actually Elliot would go there occasionally. Yep, uh -huh. yeah. There's famous tape, too, that surfaced of him um, making a woman um, eat his ass <laughs> and him oh. farting. On her. <laughs> oh wow! This is Elliot's really taking really a turn. Really took a turn. Yeah, yeah. Right. I wasn't anticipating I even know. that. Also, another. I wonder person. if Fred Phelps ever did that. <laughs> <laughs> Not even joking. We're here with Dwayne Perkins. Hi. Hello. How are Hello. you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Thanks I for doing this. I wanted yes. to say for the episode that you two are graduates of the same college. Yeah. I mean, I read it in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to know, did you hate college with the vigor and vitriol that Alan hated college? One thousand percent. I yep. thought it was a waste of my time. Yep. Really? I asked my mother weekly could I quit and she was like no you're a gay black man in America you, you can't uh, so I'm in debt for no reason yeah mm. I hated every single fucking minute of college really I just thought yeah. it was the worst time of my that. life me too I, I mean I, just, I love hearing Alan he hated college I hated it I thought it was a waste of time it was a Why? waste of money I'm smart I would have been smart without it like I sure. don't I, I it just it has given me nothing 
I support this 100%. Yeah. I, I have one friend from college. Like, everything about college, I feel like I could have just skipped it. Yeah. I you did guys, not need it. Yeah. You guys did a, 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 testi- a testimonial for DePaul. They, like, yeah, they crash stole. and burn. <laughs> we hated it. It was pointless. No, I was just so, I really, I get really angry about it because, like, you know, I'm I'm not old by at all, but I'm 37, but it's like, I think I could have gotten a leg up in comedy a lot sooner if I wasn't wasting my time. Mm. You know, yeah, at, but what do you have to what do you have to say when you're 19? I have a lot to say. I yeah, mean, so I could much. have been I so could have much. been fucking doing internships at SNL. I could have been like moving to New York and doing shit. Like I could have yeah. I could have been doing the shit that I really wanted to do other than feeling like I had to do this thing that everyone's telling me I have to finish. Yeah. Wow, you know? I relate to that yeah. so deeply. Did you grow up in Chicago? I did. So what was, I'm curious, what was, did you come out before college or? I came out the summer before college. So my freshman year was my first time being like an out homosexual man. Um, And like moving to the north side, because I lived on the south side where I grew up, truly no one told me that everybody was white. And uh, (laughs) it was so shocking. Where, would you, Lincoln Park area? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you like never visited and shit? No, like there was no reason for me to go to the north side. So then when I went there for college, it was truly shocking and mm-hmm. it my freshman year was terrible yeah i just did you live on the dorms like mm-hmm. yeah and i was the only like black man in like the theater school that freshman year and they were just like you gotta play all the strong black men and me Ooh. being like can i do something fun like yeah, i don't yeah. want to be a sad father like that's not who i am <laughs> but like the theater school was structured where they were like well all we got for you is august wilson so what yeah. you gonna do and i was like this is true I mean, it, yeah, you're, you're thinking of Chicago as like, oh, it's a fun, accepting, yeah, loving city. But in in a way, like Chicago, and it is, I love Chicago, but like Chicago's also very segregated. It's the most segregated place yeah. I've ever been. And like, it's, wow. and, it's and there's crazy. a lot, there's a massive disconnect of wealth between the north side, Lincoln Park, Lakeview, a Gold Coast area, mm-hmm. and then the south side. And it's just, yeah, it's shocking. Yes, most people don't know, but like the structure of Chicago was built based on racism. Like yep. the actual, like, Structure so like the Mayor Daly in the the 60s. expressways were created to create a barrier mm-hmm. from the black people and the white people and it's you can just feel it in like the yeah. culture of the city but yeah. because it's like a liberal city people are, don't think that Chicago is the way that it is but it's still like a Midwest city. I was yeah. reading I was reading an article <laughs> yeah. about how uh, the African American community is starting to leave Chicago for oh. uh, it's like a it's like a part, first of all Chicago is like one of the few big cities that is basically flat over the last like decade when it comes to population, which is very rare, unusual mm-hmm. for a city that size. And a lot of people think it's because the African-American community is moving out of the city. Well, I, I don't, I kind of question that a little bit only because- How dare you? And there's, How dare there's you? There's not many places for, I mean, in term, because we live in this racist country, there's not many places within that area for African-Americans to go to get work. Um, I. I would agree with you, but I would change the verb move to being forced out. Yes, that's um, a good... Okay. Gentrification is... Yeah. Like, a, a lot of my family, like uh, the Cabrini Green area where mm-hmm. like Second City is, when I grew up, that area was just like all black. It wasn't the best area. Mm-hmm. I mean, Candyman was filmed there, and it was truly just like the movie, terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just like all affluent white people in condos it's crazy how the actual like look of chicago has changed and i'm not that old so like to be to see the the change 
so rapidly within my time growing up, I can't imagine what it would be in 10 years. <laughs> Wait, so, when, so did you do comedy? You were doing theater in college. And yes. then how did you get into, because you do stand-up and you're also a writer. Yeah, I, um, what did I do? So once I got cut... From the theater program. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, how, how does, does that, that happen? happen? Oh, it's it's a um, conservatory. Yeah, so it's, it's a oh, conservatory where they oh. bring in like forty something people, and then yeah. by sophomore year they only keep twenty two. Oh wow! So just like oh, I didn't know that. Where are you supposed to go? Just find something else. They just kick you out of the major. Oh wow! Um, and you moved to a new major, animation. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I. I auditioned for Tisch's School of the Arts and at NYU, and I got in, but because I'm poor, I couldn't afford to go. So I was like, oh, well, at least I have my confidence back. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then I uh, switched my major, and then I started working at Second City. And then Second City is like the path mm-hmm. that I that led me to where I am now. And you yeah. were on Wild and Out. Yeah. Wait, only... what, is, what is Wild and Out? It's a... <laughs> it's, a sh- it's a like improv show on MTV uh, oh, that okay. Nick Cannon created. Yeah, and it was like very uh, uh, different than the UCB improv yes. scene, we could say. And it changed over like when it first started. When I watched it when I was younger, it actually had like improvisers on yes. it. And yes, yes, I remember that. This current it became more sketch, right? Uh, it's just it's. Right now, it's a lot of like influencers. Mm, okay. um, oh, fun. doing doing improv. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's 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 not what it was. No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was on that show. Uh, like right after Second City. So Second City was like insane white people, and then I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to Wild and Now, where it's a bunch of black people, and then I went there, and I was like. Oh, everybody's homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I can't win. <laughs> were you out? Were you out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. That season was the first time that uh, they were trying gays because that's what they said out loud. No, and, <laughs> and it was me and this other guy, and we were like, "Oh, we're the the two gays." Uh, and by the end of the season, he had a breakdown, and I was just oh, like, "Oh, brother!" Ooh, boy, this is like it was. So it even was, even amongst like cast members. Yeah, I mean, it like just. Like, because now the show is really surrounded around, like, hip-hop. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, freestyling, and just, like, the culture of hip-hop feels inherently homophobic at times. And so, like, there was just, like, the environment, though people were very nice, it was just, you can tell that they do not interact with gay people. Right. Yeah. When was the like, last time you felt that? It's what? been, like, you've been, in a, you've been in an environment or situation because I think L.A. entertainment, you're always around people who know a million gay people. When was the last time you were around a group of people where you're like, they don't get this, they don't understand? I well, mean, it's been so long. It has for I, me. I think, I don't know. I think I feel it more often. I think because of the way I dress and present myself. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of times in certain situations, I feel uncomfortable because I am not dressing or looking like maybe the way you do like going to even just target and stuff people can look sometimes if you oh you son of a bitch you know what i mean though like (laughs) you get you get profiled in that way and so like i think it's kind of different for everyone yeah 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 i get that i can't remember yeah and i'm lucky i guess yeah privilege (laughs) (laughs) have you felt have you was that like was that really awful um i think just like the life that i led it was just one of those situations of being like oh well, this sucks, yeah. but also it forced me to create certain like walls to where now that I'm where I am now, not many things could like shake me. Yeah, so I'm great. just like, nah, and it whatever. probably influenced your comedy and made it better. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, oh boy, it, because. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm trying to like say this in like a graceful way. Yeah. Uh, it. I'm never going to escape people like that. So mm-hmm. it was just nice to be like, oh, this is how I have to be around these people. Yeah. Like it was. I think around the second week, there was a moment where we were we were having like a truth circle because the showrunner said that like the morale was low mm-hmm. and uh and we were just like going in a circle talking about like who we were and when it got to me the guy next to me like jumped at me like physically and, what? and what? i just like looked at him and then i was like okay we gotta have a talk <laughs> and i just like told the like group like hey this is where i'm from this is what i'm about i know that like this is like a very like the the atmosphere of this place is like we're like teasing each other but the way that you guys are teasing is just bullying because the only thing you're talking about is me being gay and uh, i don't like being bullied uh i got bullied when i was younger i got arrested because i tried to kill a bully i don't like this i'll kill all of you and then then they laughed and then i was like i am dead ass (laughs) and then from that moment on they like showed me respect and the other guy didn't do that so they were just like shitty to him the whole time just because they didn't realize that like the dynamic that they were creating was not the same Mm -hmm. like them talking to their friend being being like oh your shoes are ugly is very different from from being like you say some gay shit and me being like that no (laughs) don't say that like this is insane so it was just a lot of me having to kept asserting like who Mm -hmm. i was and being like i don't like that don't say that uh it forced me to like stand up for myself in ways i hadn't since like high school right so it was just like it was at first triggering and then i was like oh i know okay i just have to like shut this shit down that's crazy because you're not in school you're around adults it's a job working environment Yeah. yeah like the producers were like uh, one of the guests for that season that I was on was Tundra Call, mm. and he was a guest, and he came in, into the green room, and no joke, a producer like took him, and the very first thing he said is, we have gays this season, and then he just brought him to me, and then left, <laughs> and I was like, hi, hi um, I'm sorry, this is, what is, like, it was just, wow, it was just like a crazy experience but like there were like good parts to it that was just like heavily overshadowed by me mm-hmm. being like i gotta leave this is crazy yeah <laughs> y'all y'all but I are mean, nuts <laughs> on, on some level like having experiences like that and facing situations like that it seems like the best kind of uh preparation to do something like michelle wolf's white house correspondence dinner and help with that because like her whole performance was taking people to task you know mm-hmm. standing up and saying enough of this bullshit and like laying it out and you being a part of that i think it's probably a big yeah, did, did that did that impact because you wrote for um, yeah her show and the correspondence dinner yeah was that i mean was that as i don't know if bombastic is the term but was it as insane as it came it appeared to be you know in the, in the whole like um because that was the days was, that followed the, the, yeah the the press response was that it was a controversy right yeah yes what was interesting about that was that was the first time that i've ever been in a situation where i was like able to write for something but it wasn't my voice mm-hmm. so to like write a joke that she said and then be like oh she's getting so much flack for this and me being like i'm not being touched by this at all mm-hmm. was like such a weird feeling because i was like ah i wish we could like help share this burden with you but also yeah we can't like that's not what this is yeah uh but it there was like such a separation because like once you, when you're like in an office writing jokes you're just like writing jokes and mm-hmm. then like when we got to watch her do it and we're sitting in the room it was 
disgusting. Like it was such a bad feeling of just like being in that space and like seeing the people you see on TV like argue and be like, we hate each other, kikiing, taking pictures. It was just like such, it felt like, the Hunger Games. Like yeah. I, I was like, I don't think I belong. I shouldn't be seeing this. Like this is weird. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like it felt really gross. And then when she did it, and you could hear people being like, "Oh my God, she's brutal." We were like, "Yes, fuck them!" <laughs> it, like that was like a great feeling. And she was the very last thing of yeah. the whole dinner. And so like she did her like speech, and then it was over. Yeah. And it was like such a feeling of being like, oh, they're so mad. They're so, and like we were all just like so happy. Of course. Because they were mad. Yeah. So that part was great. But like everything leading up to it was, was just like, ah, this is such a weird feeling to be in I this can't space with these people. imagine being in that room that night. That, it's so interesting you say that because I, I, rem, I have this, I just, it reminded me weirdly of, uh, as a political nerd, I remember years ago, it might have been Obama's first State of the Union. Uh, before Michelle Bachman, who was a very conservative Minnesota state uh, uh-huh. House representative who ran for president, became kind of famous. and But I knew her, and I will never forget, at, towards the tail end of the coverage as Obama's leaving the, the building, she, gr- she runs up to him and takes a selfie with him. Ew. And it was so weird to be transparent. Like, I was like, "That's Michelle Bachman." Like she was, she was already controversial, yeah. but only for like political nerds by that point. And I was like, "Why would Michelle Bachman want a picture with Barack Obama?" I mean, but yeah, sometimes when you see all these people together, they're all just a bunch of rich folks. Yeah, want to hang out and be friends. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of gross. Remember, yeah, I also was. remember specifically that people were so mad over the joke that compared. Sarah Huckabee Sanders to Aunt Lydia from The Handmaid's Tale. I mean, that and was they, so brilliant. It was so funny. <laughs> and and there were so – I remember the and, – and you can probably clarify this, but there were so many – there were people saying, oh, it's it's a slight on what she looks like. And it, I mean, to me, it felt like it was very clear that it was like, no, we're talking about like – yeah, like, char- like characteristics. Well, right. I also yeah. think I. Oh, sorry. Oh no, like I'm like I thought it was obvious, but like when these arguments come up, and I'm learning this like as I do more and just like interact with more people, you just can't argue with people who are um, dumb. Yeah. And- I also <laughs> think I think the right is doing a great job of weaponizing yes. sort of uh, PC culture on the left, and mm-hmm. and you know sometimes there's a consistency to it. I'm not saying that's the instance, but sometimes they. They're like, this is offensive because of X, Y, and Z, and you read it, and you're like, yeah, that's, I mean, we yeah. say the same thing on our side, so it, it only makes sense to be, I guess, fair. But it's uh, not fair because because the joke yeah, is inherently yeah, right. about Anne Dowd's, like, terrifying character, yeah. not about what she looked like. Right, right. I love Anne Dowd, though. I love Anne Dowd. I mean, she's just so mm. cool. Have you guys ever seen the clip of Anne Dowd accepting whatever award she won? The Emmy? The Emmy, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And for the Americans? <laughs> Whatever award. <laughs> oh, it, wasn't, it was for The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, a Cleo was it? Award. I thought it was for The Americans. No, The Handmaid's oh, Tale. Well, but anyway, she thanks the network that Handmaid's Tale is on, and which is Hulu. And Ann Dowd pronounces it, she is the most actory actor I've ever seen. She says, like, I want to thank 
Hulu. She says like Hulu. And Hulu, and they're very lovely Hulu. And I was like, this is the this is the best Hulu. thing I've ever seen. Hulu. It was like, where are you from? She's from like I'm, Massachusetts. Uh, Elliot always loved whenever someone said Soho. Soho. You you, you or, loved it whenever someone didn't say Soho. They or, said Soho. Or Broadway. My dad says <laughs> yeah, Broadway. I mean, anything Broadway. B. Arthur saying anything. Yeah, program. Right, right. No, she says program, and she says mm-hmm. process. Every process. like black old lady I know say theater, and I'm like, I'm obsessed. Yes, theater. Theater. <laughs> also, um, auntie. I, I, my, I've I've only said aunt, and now I know people who say aunt all the time, and it always throws me. Oh, oh. I say aunt, aunt. I say aunt. Aunt, aunt. Oh. aunt's very but Midwest. You, though. I would never aunt. say auntie. I would say auntie, but a- I would never say mm. auntie. Yeah, I don't auntie. have enough money to say auntie. <laughs> well, I say, <laughs> I say auntie. <laughs> so wait, so so after um, so after you're doing Wild and Out, when did you find your way into stand up? Uh, how did I do stand-up? Oh, I started stand-up because I did a show in D.C. with Second City that was half stand-up, half sketch. And uh, I remember, this is a very, this is going to reveal a lot about myself. Um, People would come to see the show, and after they see it, they would tell the stand-ups, like, oh, love your set, great writing. <laughs> and then they would come to me and be like, what a great actor. And I'd be like, I wrote this whole show. What are you talking about? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> so then I was like, oh, Stand-up looks, that looks easy. Uh, and then I started doing stand-up, and that was it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was truly just uh, a friend of mine was like, oh, you you, you have the skills to do this, so you should right. do it. And then I did it the first time, and I was like, oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> and then I just kept doing it. <laughs> that was kind of why I left, I got so frustrated with the theater school at DePaul was because I, like, I was doing all these acting things, and like I was even doing improv and stuff, and I like, just got so frustrated working with people and other people getting credit for shit that I was doing. And yep. like, yeah. it just got really upsetting mm-hmm. that I was just like, I'm way better than all of this. It's, I just got to do me and like yes. yeah. It's kind of crazy that any a- that actors get w- way more credit than writers. Yes, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, sure, certainly it's it's a talent and it and everything, but like and writing out. is the hard part. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Was um this is an, an interesting question for everybody here basically, oh, but like I'll be the judge of that. Dating in <laughs> comedy as a gay person, I, I I'll just say that yeah I never dated we've ne- that. I've never dated another comedian and I, I feel gave like... a pity blowjob to a comedian once. Who? <laughs> uh-huh. oh, yeah. Sweet. You're a good person. I'll tell you later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. No. I would say I. Comedy. I I love comedy as an art form, but I think that the um cultures of comedy are pretty toxic. Uh, and I don't necessarily want that in a relationship but, <laughs> right, right. So I also have never dated a comic yeah, I, think I it just really happen. like yeah. a normal person that just does not have feelings attached to if they're funny or not correct I don't. I don't want to be upstaged at a at a party. Yeah, I don't want to go with someone and and have them be infinitely more charming than me. I think there's there is something with. I mean, you know, my boyfriend doesn't. Michael does not do any performing whatsoever. He hates it. Um, but he also hates like podcast interview, anything, anything like yeah. that. He hates. Uh, and I mean, I'm better at that. But like. I think in some weird level, like if I was dating a comedian, I would there would be a competitive thing going on. Whereas mm-hmm. with Michael, like he can criticize my comedy, my art, whatever I'm doing, and it doesn't feel as intense as it would from a sure. comedian. You know sure. what I mean? Brent once discovered in an ex boyfriend of mine, I didn't know this, that you heard. Remember, you he said yeah. that he was disappointed because he wasn't fa- famous or something. Yeah, yeah. One, one of your ex, your primary ex boyfriend, who wasn't in 
any field really related to entertainment, uh, or certainly not in a job that would have led to entertainment, said that he realized at like the age of 29 that he wasn't going to be famous, and he finally came to terms with that. And that blew my mind because I was like, "Because you were like, excuse me, <laughs> you ne- he never you brought to be up, fam- uh, he <laughs> never brought up like, me fame or entertainment or anything." Fame yeah. is such a weird thing that I feel like right now is just like such like on the pulse. Like everybody wants to be famous, but nobody really is really deciding what they want to be famous for. <laughs> right, They're exactly. just yeah. like, just know me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that's crazy. There was like yeah. a poll even recently that I remember that uh, I remember them talking about that ki- kids now. The the the, the percentage of kids who think they're going to be famous is wildly high. Yeah. Wait, uh, wait. Do they compare it to previous generations? Because all kids think they're going to be famous. I oh, think. maybe. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't I, think I, all kids do. I, I know my certainly siblings being a little didn't. I surely did not. Yeah. I did not think that it, it was a possibility. <clears throat> I really thought that like famous people were like handpicked by like some special person just being like, sure. <laughs> famous people are famous because they're special. Yeah. And then when I realized like, oh. You just gotta like do certain things. No, you know, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, when right. you walk into an elementary school, uh, all you see are signs everywhere telling everyone how amazing and special they are. Yeah, and I think that's where it comes from. Uh, yes, you're you're indoctrinated in a good way. It's good, but you're indoctrinated to believe that you are the best. I think you that's one of the amazing. reasons. Not baby boomers. I mean, but right. why they're getting rid of like the like numbers on Instagram and mm, stuff. How right. oh, are they? Yeah, they are. I did think I was the best, but not necessarily in that <laughs> field. Like, yeah. like, like I was raised to be the best, like intellectually. Like I Do you was have siblings, like, oh, by the way? I have four sisters. Okay. And I'm the only boy. Uh, so from a young age, my mother always was like, if you are going to get out of the hood, you have to be as smart as possible. Mm-hmm. So it was never like creative. It was like like math and science until college I really thought I was going to be a mathematician oh. like my like in high school I went to a performing arts school and my friends were like their majors were like <gasps> you music, were fame music <laughs> and theater my major was physics because I yeah, was like yeah. I want a double period of AP physics <laughs> oh my God. I, I went to summer Man. school and high school voluntarily so I can take AP calculus because I wow. was like well you need five years of math to be able to take this class so <sighs> I was like I guess I'm gonna go to summer school for wow. fun it's <laughs> funny and now I'm like I refuse to count wait I, yeah. I think the mark of a comedian is feeling like you're smarter than everybody else. Oh, that's why I took the SAT again recently because I thought I was going to do... That's why office I thought I was going to do so much better. I took the SAT recently. Alan bailed. I was busy. Because I was like, I was like, it's been, it's been, what, 14 years since I took it last. I just want to see how I, how I can do. And I did a little better, but not much. And it was it's the math. unbelievably SAT is so math heavy. The math I didn't even count because the math was, I didn't remember any of them. I don't do math. Do you remember, how, do you remember SATs? You must. You're... I remember the ACT. Yeah, I, in the Midwest, I never we had took to do ACT. The, yeah, we didn't take the SAT. SAT. What? Yeah. What did you say? Uh, we didn't take that. Yeah, SAT. And, and, ACT is like Midwest. If centric. you stay in the Midwest, if like I, I, I'm from Missouri originally, yeah. and like if you're going to a Midwestern school, they don't require the SAT oh, really. I'm so, I'm so jealous. Yeah, take the ACT people. and see if you have well I you did. do there. What is it like twenties in the twenties? You win or, or <laughs> yes. you win? Yes, Elliot. Yes, let's leave it at that. If it's in the twenties, you win. Isn't no. the score like no, he's right though? Twenties to like, thirty six. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and I remember I, I was What'd so upset because I got a 32. <laughs> I was so mad because I was like, <laughs> I should have got a 36. I, got. I think <laughs> I got a, a 31, score. but I don't remember. I think I got a 35. 
36. Wow. I think I got 36? a perfect. He's lying. 36? <laughs> Wait, I, perfect I, score. do you think that, would you say that you're gifted? Um, in what way? No, like were you like were you like a gifted kid? Like were oh, you con- yes. considered like, gifted? They like told me this. Like I was like a certified like speed reader. I had like yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were like that guy. Remember that guy who did the infomercials who would like oh, yes. speed read with those books? Sorry. That was you. Like, yeah, like uh, and then in high school. So like the way that I basically because I was like smart. The way that my schooling went is they all of my teachers would basically separate like the not smart kids and the smart kids and be like, these are the kids that are going to save all of us. Right, sure. so, <laughs> right, right, right. So they just really like beat it into me that like I was You're like meant for greatness. Yes. And then in my high school, I was in this program called the IB program, right, uh, International right. Baccalaureate program. And uh, in the history of my school, no like black male student ever got it until me. And so like my picture's yeah. on the wall. Very, so I oh, was like, guys, I'm great. <laughs> because everyone has told me I'm you great. Did it. And then I went to college and I was like, oh man, systemic <laughs> oppression. Because like yeah. when I was in elementary school, I was like trying to get like perfect schools on like these standardized tests. Then when I went to high school, I got my very first F. And mm. I was like, this is unacceptable. What no, happened? What uh, happened? My freshman year, I got straight C's and an F, simply because like, the school that I went to, I was the smartest person at that school. Right. But it was a very systemically oppressed school. Like We didn't have science as a subject. Oh. Because we couldn't afford books. Yeah. So when I went to high school, my and I had like all these honors classes, I had honors biology, and I went into that class being like, I don't know what any of this is. Right. So I had oh to like God. catch up with myself. Yeah. So by my senior year of high school, I was great again. <laughs> but like <laughs> when I went into high school, I was, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is hard. Like no one told me. So like every like level of schooling, it was just like a punch to my face because I yeah. didn't realize that what I knew was not correct. So when yeah. I went to high school, I was like, wow. I was not as smart as these other kids. And when I, when I went to college, I was like, fuck, I wasn't prepared for this either. Right. So it was just like a lot of me being like, wow, no, everyone's lying to me. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's Before so you hard. go, I just have to ask. I Okay, so the guys know that something I love to watch, I love watching dancing <laughs> okay. videos. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. And you're so good at dancing. Here we go. Uh, thanks. But, when did, is that a, but is that like a, a new hobby or... No, I, mean, I, I actually... No, he posts these, dan- these dancing videos that are incredible. I would incredible. love for you of like, 2019 is going to be the year of me dancing. That's my new hobby. I love, to wa- <laughs> I love to watch people dance. I love it. And you're so good at it. I was a professional dancer for a while. And, and oh. I had to like... I uh, There was a period in my life when I was working at Second City and also in a dance company. And I had to pick between the two because I was like, oh. I can't... I don't have time to do both. Right. And I picked comedy because I was like, well... You make money. Yeah, you make more money. Yeah, and I can yeah. still like, dance within the things that I create. And also dancing's dance hard. At home? Like, dancing's hard. You can dance in the bathroom? Can you teach me no, how to dance? No, not the way he dances. <laughs> He's really good. No, thanks. Uh, I, I just remember like one of my last auditions was for the Paris Opera Ballet. And the first part of the audition was just them being like, take off your shirts. And then they walked down a line and then they were like, no. What are they no, looking at with like, your shirts off? Just like your body type. Like just like your your muscle structure. And it was just all like, it had nothing. Like we had not danced oh. at all. And so it's not like you're hot, you're not hot. Whoa. It's just like we want a certain look for this. And I was like, I don't have the time to be doing this. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. This is too much. You're like, guys, I'm a genius. So <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. gifted. <laughs> on the ACT. That's crazy. Well, thank you so much for yeah, being thank here. Thank you for having me. Can people follow you on the interwebs? Excuse me. 
on the internet? Where can <laughs> people follow me. you? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Dwayne Perkins. That's D-E-W-A-Y-N-E Perkins. Because uh, people always spell my name wrong because there's an E. Like the restaurant. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then on Instagram at Dwayne K. Perkins. Perfect. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks, Thank Dwayne. And another thing. Years ago. I was part of a Fire Island share, a timeshare. Right. This uh, isn't going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't starting off right. I was part of a Fire Island Yeah, you dated share. a guy who was really, his group of friends really liked going to Fire Island. Yeah, and he wore um, a no shirt under a really deep V-neck sweater. <laughs> Which I don't remember, but I or believe Or cardigan, friends. right? Cardigan, cardigan. yeah. yeah. Cardigan. Anyway. Sexy. He and his friends were very, um, uh, I would say, they were. I would always say they were good at being gay. In the sense that they were able to like know about restaurants and clubs and yeah, stuff yeah. in the city, whereas I felt very scrappy and was just like doing my thing and with you guys like just kind of doing yeah. comedy and stuff. But whatever, I love farting that. around town. Yeah, farting around town. Yeah, I don't fart. Passing around town. Passing gas <laughs> passing around town. Passing gas around town. <laughs> but anyway, so I was part of this Fire Island share. So we'd go three weeks out of the three or four weeks out of the summer. Yeah, house was a dump. Right. But it was, you know, everyone was sort of like acting like they were rich. I was like, yeah. okay. But anyway, so you go to we go to Fire Island. It wasn't my favorite, you know, everybody. It was pricey too at the time, right? Yeah, it's it was. still pricey. How much? Yeah, right. Well, uh, how much was it? I don't remember. I don't remember, but it was people say I remember up you for had, it, I was going to say I remember at the time you had to like you had to make the decision to yes. join your boyfriend because it was so expensive. Yes. Expensive yes. enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um We're talking like thousands? Yeah, I think so. Oh, for the summer. That is too much. For yeah. the whole summer? Yeah. I had book deal money. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, nevertheless, we went and uh so it was it was, you know, the summer of of it all everything that in Fire Island is just what goes on there. It's the yeah. parties yeah. and the things and and I just was never really interested in that stuff. Yeah. Um so I would chill by the pool. I was the only one that brought my dog. I was the only one that brought books. Um sure. <laughs> and I was like, why wouldn't we like why don't people just want to like chill out, you know? Yeah. But nevertheless, like that was what they did. That's like what they, they wanted to do, and they would go to see drag shows at different yeah. bars and stuff like that. So okay, cool. So then at the end of the summer there's this annual thing that this like famous party promoter Daniel Nardiccio, <laughs> he throws Playgirl guy, right? I, that's right. He was yeah. like, the editor of Playgirl briefly online wow. or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, he so he throws this annual thing that I, for some reason, and it's like I don't know why I believe this, but I guess I thought it was either like a joke or it was like stuff of lore, you know? Yeah. But it t- turns out it's a very real thing called the underwear party, okay. <laughs> where on Fire Island you you everybody goes to this party and you get in for free if you go in your underwear. What's mm. different from like a swimsuit? I don't know. It's Fire Island. Yeah, it's a yeah. Beach. I, I wouldn't say that's too crazy. I mean, yeah. that doesn't strike me as too crazy. Well, then my question is: Would if you were there, if you were in that scenario? Would you pay the $20 or would you go in your underwear? Well, we know the answer to this question for me, which is I don't take my shirt off in public, so I would pay the $20. Right. I would find a creative way to go in underwear, 
while making it a Diane Keaton inspired full body yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. like a Mormon underwear situation. Actually, she didn't she wear like some weird black bodysuit as a swimming suit once? You Maybe. could like wear that. Oh yeah, yeah. See, so I could I would find a way to make it funny and creative and plead my case that it is actually underwear. Yeah, so I So the bounce I, would be like, fuck off, faggot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did neither. Um I didn't pay the money to go and I also didn't go. Uh, I was the only one in the house to not go. And I was surprised. Did all of the people in the house go in their underwear? Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. Including my boyfriend, which kind of surprised right. me. But then also including f- friends of friends who were visiting who I I never would have. I just never would have. I, I never would have thought they're the, they're the kind of people that would go to a party in their underwear. Wait, so why, do you wouldn't, think, why wouldn't you go in your underwear? Because I thought it was silly. Mm. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm... But would you go to... I mean, just just play devil's advocate. Would you go... Like, let's say it's a... a pool party. A pool party. Would you go in a swimsuit? Yes. How is that yeah. different than underwear? You're only just showing off a little bit more leg. Yeah. Um, and knowing his swimsuit... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really know what the difference is. Because there really is no difference. I guess you're right. I think inherently something about it just felt so goofy... Yeah. And, and and anyway, my point, my question being to you guys, like, do you think I was overreacting by being the only one not to go because it felt goofy? Or do you think I should have just, like, chilled out and... I think I think you did the right thing, which is to stay in your comfort zone. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, I would have I, been I have very this, uncomfortable. I have the same response, which is I wouldn't have done it, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think Alan makes a great point. It's literally just a pool party, but instead of instead of slightly longer... Trunks, you're wearing underwear. Uh, yeah. So I think. I mean, people probably went in like jock straps and stuff. Yeah, probably. Like, I've seen the pictures. Yeah. <clears throat> it's sure. not like a pool party. And also, yeah. let's be honest, you probably would have been it's meant one to be of ten percent, part of the ten percent that didn't wear their underwear. Yeah. So I think you would have felt probably more awkward not wearing your underwear than wearing your underwear. And is there something to the idea of not wanting to see all of your friends, per, like, in in under like I don't. Well, okay, yeah. let's let's back it up. Yeah. Like. I these people weren't your friends. They so, were. They were. Yeah, they were friends. They, they were my friends. Weren't. They, yeah, were, they weren't they, lifelong friends. No, but, but they were my friends. But yeah. they were people you also judged. Let's be real. No, no, no. They were. I know what you mean, but no, they were my friends, and I knew we were different. Yeah. In, in in a lot of ways, but I didn't let it get in the way of being friends with them. But seeing them in a sort of pseudo sexual light. Yeah. Made you uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Which, but yet it, it, I mean, them seeing you in that light didn't make them uncomfortable. No, I don't think so. I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah, um, sure. But you didn't go. I, I, I agree with Brent. I think you made the right decision by doing whatever you felt most comfortable doing. Um, but I, just I felt think. like a prude. Yeah. yeah, and I think it says more about your own anxieties around sex and gay culture totally. than it does about you not wanting to see your friends in a sexual light. You have no problem seeing your friends in a sexual light. No. You've seen my dick many a times. Sure. And not by choice, but <laughs> forced. Um, and, and, and I don't think... I, I, I do think there probably was a little bit of, I don't understand this part of gay life, yeah. and thus it makes me uncomfortable. Yes. And, and by the way, I... And you probably the, felt it maybe even a little bit guilty about not going, because for sure. all of your friends and your boyfriend went, and that's yes. a shitty feeling. Of course. You Although also, I would say I would go now. Yeah. I feel... And really? what do you, yeah. you think's changed between yeah. then and now? I understand where my shame comes from, and I understand that, like, how how <laughs> oppressive shame is for all gay guys yeah. and how 
mine is not necessarily any different. I just have to, I just sort of wear it in a different way. Yeah. And not letting shame and our own anxieties dictate decisions that potentially could keep us from growing and doing different things that might be good for us. I mean, you know, you're a responsible adult. You're not going to go there and like do a bunch of Molly, do a bunch of Molly and fuck a dude in a corner. And if you did that, that wouldn't be bad either. But like, you know, you're not going to do that. You're a responsible adult. Right. And so you have the capabilities to have anxiety over things. Sure. But to not let that anxiety stop you from experiencing things. Yeah. And this even though it's something that I probably, it's not a party I would plan, yeah, you know? But it's also one of those or parties. It? <laughs> uh, nah, it's probably not. But it's one of those, because par- I would make you come like in heels. You'd you would, be, have, to, you would ever, have to come in kitten I heels. I thought you said come. I, I thought you just said I would make you come. I'm like, Jesus, Alan. <laughs> no. No. I was like, wow, I that make, is the most sexually aggressive thing. I would make thing. you come in kitten heels. <laughs> no, I'd <laughs> yeah, make right. you come in like early 20s bathing suit, like yes. full body bathing suit. Oh, my God, suits. I would love it. Would no, really but I do funny. think, I think, you know, it's you, there is something... I mean, and a lot of our text chains and stuff, like we had a thing the other day where we were talking about potential subjects and stuff. And, you know, you guys were talking about something that makes you uncomfortable. And I like cattily responded like, y'all have issues. You did. I was surprised. Because you you get lost in, I think sometimes, your own anxieties about gay culture and your and guilt within gay culture that it that allowing I don't know, not to evolve, but to have a conversation that is more broad and not make it personal to you, you know, and let that stop you from experiencing things. I just yeah, hate totally. I hate any shame or, or anxiety stopping people from living in a really interesting way. You're not going to go do something. And sh- you're and not going to go yeah. do something that's going to hurt yourself or hurt anyone else because you're responsible. So why not do something that maybe you're a little bit interested in? Um, I just <clears throat> had a flash that I completely forgot about until right now. You're welcome. Of this one guy who came for the weekend to that share, and yeah. I did not like him. I remember was, you didn't like a lot of the guys that came for They stayed not. for free. Yeah, or they tried to stay for free. See, now that would piss me off. Well, right. But he came and he was, I mean, re- really obnoxious. Like, went out of his way to be obnoxious. And he, I don't even know if he was drunk at this point, but he was like sitting around the pool in like a ro- like a like a robe and then literally like we hadn't even like exchanged names yet and he literally opened the robe and like flashed his butthole <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh god that's so yeah. ridiculous so Why ridiculous you- <laughs> he was like mm-hmm. he was running like was literally just doing it to you or was it to other people to or? everybody but we hadn't i hadn't I didn't even know the guy's name. That is, oh. wait, that is yeah. Well, so needless funny. to say, later that summer, <laughs> he came back when he wasn't invited. He came to the house when he wasn't invited. He wasn't even supposed to be there, and he came and tried to jokingly stay there. And um, we got into, we got into a fight. Sleep in the bathroom. <laughs> we got into yeah. a fight. We got into a screaming match. Did he leave? He did leave, but we had to like. It was me and another friend. And we had to really scream him out of the house he was wow. like well, where am i gonna stay and it was like i don't know you're the worst yeah <laughs> yeah it's not our responsibility he's like oh. i shouldn't have flashed you my butthole <laughs> you didn't you didn't earn it Oy. fire island sucks what would your aunt say Brent, what would Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I still remember you wearing your T-shirt in the pool in fifth grade. (laughs) (laughs) My Aunt Joanne would say, you should show Dwayne how you dance. (laughs) (laughs) 
What would Aunt Anne say? My Aunt Anne would say, where is this fire island and why hasn't anyone put out the fire? <laughs> Your aunt's a dummy. She is. She's a dumb dumb. Well, thank you for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Elliot Glazer. Thanks. I'm Elliot Glazer. Thanks for listening. I'm unhinged. Star Games Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.